The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. Kia ora koutou katoa, and welcome to Business is Boring. Seeing a gap for an ethically made, organic, and stylish towel, two best friends with fashion backgrounds set out to intentionally build a company, reflecting their values and offering a more thoughtful approach to production. They found the right supplier in Portugal, launched with top retailers across Australia and New Zealand, and now have grown to also be available in America, Canada, across the UK and Europe. To talk growth and the journey, Bainers, Bailey Meredith and Anna Fahey join us now. Tina koroha. Kia ora. Thanks for having us. Hey, so tell me how it all began. You were working together, eh, and friends. Uh, Anna, maybe. Yeah, yeah. so, um, I mean, we've been friends since high school, so that that really is what the, the foundation of the relationship is, is just very good friends. Um, so we go 20 years back. Yeah, let's not divulge our mm. age. <laughs> Um, but yes, we did also um, work together a couple of times. So, you know, not all friendships are made to be um, business partners, but we had um, crossed over twice. So first at Kate Sylvester, um, Bailey was in head office doing everything from production intern through to sales and PR and yeah, my and career I, was big at Kate Sylvester. Yeah. Um, and then I was um, a retail girl managing the Ponsme store and then the Bredemart store. But then, um, so that was kind of our first crossover professionally um, where we could kind of share commonalities of what we loved and aesthetically kind of shared our, you know, our, what we liked and what we didn't. And then enter our 30s, we both found ourselves um, living in Melbourne and um, working together. Bailey was the national sales manager at Jardin. Um, which is a really beautiful um, Australian-made furniture design brand. Um, and I was servicing, um, I was in the sales team taking care of interior designers and architects selling product. Um, so, again, we were able to kind of work together. And I guess when you've got the same bosses and the same work culture and, you know, the politics that come with that, we were pretty similar in our views and what we thought worked from a brand perspective, product perspective, through to culture. Culture and yeah. um we just knew we were very aligned and had a we knew that I guess that we could work together. And had you been looking for something to do, Bailey? Or is that something where you'd like, hey we should we should make an idea happen together or it's, did this idea kind of come to you? Well 
I think, again, like as Anna said, like because we've been friends for so long, we actually had always talked about having a business together. You know, this like wild idea of like one day we would start a fashion brand or, or whatever it was going to be. I think that was what the original discussion was. Well, tell them uh, about the contract. <laughs> yeah, we signed a contract that we would... 16 years old. Did yeah, you? Yeah, start a business. But at that time, that was what a magazine. Was in the, what else was in that contract? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Not I wish we still had it. Um, but yeah, I think like we knew that we, you know, over the years, over that decade of like coming in and out of each other's lives on a professional level, that there was always going to be a business and it wasn't until we got to Melbourne. And I think it's that, it's that whole thing. It's that stage in your life. You've gained a lot of experience working for others. And then you kind of get that, like, I don't know, it's confidence, I think, or drive or something that you kind of go, I want more. And it just felt right. And so we kind of went, now's the time to actually go with this idea that we've had for so long. But in terms of what that looked like, that came at the end. You know, it was the conversation around starting a business that came first. Boehner and the product came last. Wow. How how did you get there? Is when you were saying, you know, we were having chats, uh, we talked about it. I was wondering if it was more kind of, you know, 2am in Melbourne chats, but we're talking 16 on a sleepover chats. You know, this is deep. Yeah. So I can't, I actually can't remember the moment that we took the leap in terms of like, let's start a business. But definitely um, the conversations obviously, yeah, started in Melbourne and it was more around like, I don't know. There were things we kind of started backwards in terms of building what Baina ended up being. And it was more around, you know, we'd worked in fashion for a decade um, and we'd been at Jardin for, I'd been there for maybe a year and we'd just been exposed to this completely new industry, um, which is still in the creative space, obviously, working in furniture. But Jardin's a very progressive company. Um, they are, obviously, furniture is seasonless. There's no size curve. There's um, everything that they do is made to order. So there was all of these aspects of working that we hadn't been exposed to in fashion. You know, we'd come from seasonality and churning out collections and, you know, short sales periods and slashing a product at the end of a season to move it through, all of this kind of stuff. And we realised, like, that's not what we wanted. And so we kind of started there with, like, okay, well, if we're going to start a business, what is it going to look like? And and what are the things that we want and what are the things that we don't want? So we almost started with, like, ideas or an, or principles for what Boehner was going to be. Um, and then from there, that evolved and... We then, yeah, kind of started to look, well, we're playing in this interior space and um, this is like, you know, I think a really great place that we could see ourselves because we still get that creative... Um, Brand. Um, yeah, yeah, all the Experience. things that we did love about fashion. Mm. So like, you know, being creative and like building a brand and creating this thing that's coveted and we wanted to apply all the things that we did love, but yeah, to a product that, Typically, isn't very. Um, I don't know. An joyful everyday, or, yeah, an everyday every, object, elevating an everyday object. Yeah. yeah. What, what led you to that kind of like bringing that fashion approach to um, to, to towels and into the bathroom? So, what was the what was the space like when you started to look at that? So, you're both working kind of quite deeply in the interiors and fashion world, and then you're looking around the house, and suddenly, what one day you're in the bathroom and you go, "Oh, this scratchy old thing from Kmart. We can do better." Well, I think this is a real commonality: is that 
um, when obviously we had our radars up and we were really, you know, analytically looking at product. But I think a real common thread was our linen cupboards were lacking. And, you know, we were early 30s and I think that's about the time where you start to consider what's in your linen cupboard. Yeah, you've got one nice set of sheets <laughs> and you're like, oh, get another one. Or I could fly back home to New Zealand. But exactly. It's not a cheap exercise and it was a loveless task. Um, I know Bailey had towels that you, your mother had yeah. used for years and then given to you. Like, yeah, I think you always got hand-me-downs in that category. It was bedding and toweling. You know, you go off to uni, you might get one set to take with you. But other than that, it was like... It was only when mum or dad were, you know, refreshing that you'd kind of get the hand-me-downs. <laughs> and we were obviously spending our little incomes, you know, in our 20s on fashion. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and and wine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, so I think um, just through this process of, like, Bailey, what has Bailey has mentioned about, you know, this what we, we knew what we kind of didn't want to be. But I think um, for telling, it was also this category where, it was this unisex, this no size curve, this wedding gift, this Christmas gift, this anybody present that just makes it's an easy it's an easy gift and it's a thoughtful gift and it's it's it shows love. It's this beautiful thing that perhaps that young person hadn't thought to invest in. Yet And I don't know, I just think from a consumer perspective, we could understand how we could make that something and also that we wanted whatever we wanted to create was something beyond the product. So we wanted to build a brand that had authenticity to us, but also something that our customers could latch on to. Yeah. Yeah, it is like the perfect present, hey? If a perfect present is a nicer version of something than you would buy yourself, necessarily uh, that you'd use all the time. Functional. Yeah, yeah, like a better knife or a nice hotel. And and how do you go about going from that? Because I love that idea that fashion is (laughs) so bananas. You know, you put all (laughs) this energy into telling everyone that you've made something special and then you sell it for 75% off so you can bring something else in the next week that you're going to tell people is special again. Yeah. It's just bananas. Yeah. And and to to go against all of those, um, you know, very old traditions that are based on department store processes that don't even exist anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's such a genius way to design it. But yeah, how do you actually go about creating a towel brand? Like, how do you research it and find someone to make a good towel and all of that kind of stuff? I think, again, I think we were really lucky in, in the logistical side of it. I think we were lucky in the experiences that we'd had prior to starting Baining. You know, I had done many years in production, so I knew how to produce clothing, and I I naturally assumed that I could um, then produce towels. But I think, you know, when we started Boehner, and I come back to that whole thing of we started with the principles of what we wanted to Boehner to be, and one of those things was quality, obviously. Um, and, and also just making sure that, you know, at the end of the day, we're very aware that we are contributing. So we are adding into the product, like the product category of towels, we are producing and manufacturing so you have to kind of go all right you can't be naive to that you can't you can't be blind to well not blind but you know you can't disregard that so at the end of the day then we have to just be really proud of what it is that we are releasing into the world and so we wanted to make sure that you know things like we are we only use organic cotton 
um, and that organic cotton has got certified. Um, we wanted to make sure that we were working with the best manufacturers in the world. And so a lot of research went into, yeah, where are the best towels made globally? And Portugal has got so much history and um, experience and knowledge and, you know, some of the best manufacturers that make for some of the most expensive towel brands in the world are all based in Portugal. So that ticked that box, you know, like we were making in Portugal and we weren't going to change that. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of that was probably the the longest part of the business was getting to that point of finding a manufacturer and finding the right quality and... Finding the right minimums. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> there was a lot of... Um, things that working in fashion we hadn't learned or like that we that were very different to um how you manufacture towels what kind of stuff because it kind of like you kind of go to a logical place which would be well it's probably going to be a bit simpler <laughs> uh, and and and, and, sure. I, yeah. and it is yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously yeah. you know like you don't have sizing you don't have fits etc but towels and toweling is very technical um and there are so many different ways that you can construct a towel and, you know, I won't bore you with the details, but Terry, the Terry loops and, you know, the different mm. types of threads and the way that they're um, woven and, and all of that spun, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, all of that had to be considered and there was a lot of R&D. There was a lot of sampling and a lot of testing and trialling and, you know, it's also about the longevity of the product because, um, again, you know, if you buy a silk dress, you dry clean it, and actually you might have it in your wardrobe for five years, but you might only wear it, you know, six or seven times. A towel is used over and over and over again. It's 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 a bit relentless in that sense, so it's got to be able to stand up to, to what we put it through. And so what you landed on, you know, how if, if people have got a picture in their mind now of what Baina towels are, it's probably something that's got a lovely kind of checkerboard pattern on it, <laughs> yeah. some tiles, and it's probably a muted colour mm-hmm. um, that, that feels a bit timeless. Was that kind of mutedness so that it wouldn't get washed out, or was that kind of tactical, or was that just a aesthetic thing? Like, How did you land on the look and feel? I think um, there was a lot of thought around, you know, we want to be super um, considered around how much we add in this first collection, because as I just chimed in before, minimums are really large when it comes to toweling. So we had to be really thoughtful around how many SKUs we had in the collection. So we wanted to, we launched with seven. So that was three bath bath towels, towels, three hand towels and a pull towel. Yeah. So for us, we, we designed for aesthetic. So we thought about our customer, we thought about the bathroom space and we thought, what colour would you put in that space? And who is that customer and how does she like to put her hand towels and her bath towels together and what does that look like? What's her personality or his? Um, And for us, that's what led, what landed in that first collection. Um, And then for the pool towel, which was the first pool towel we launched, was the the Paloma Sun and a crew checkerboard Roman pool towel. And that was super graphic and bright and disruptive and that was all intentional thinking that that would be the one piece that would be on the beach, be seen, be photographed, and that would be in our brand colours and it would people would recognise it. So, And is that how it worked out? 
Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. And take me back to that decision um, to actually, you, you know, um, push go on it. Like when you're saying there's large minimums and you're doing seven kind of skews, mm. like what was it like to kind of push go on what I imagine is a pretty big order yeah. for a bunch of things that you haven't yet been able to sell and test? Yeah. I mean, it's terrifying. But when I look back to that time, you know, once we had, once we'd actually pushed go on starting a business, I think we were so. I don't know if I want to say naively confident, but we were so set and sure of what we were doing. Um, We had done so much research and we had really like established our space in the market and we knew we had area to play. So I don't know. like We knew how to sell it. We and yeah, knew our channels. There was all the, I don't know, there was just confidence in so many different areas. We were so confident in the brand, you know, like we worked with um, Natasha Mead from One of One, who is incredibly creative on building, you know, the logo and the look and feel of what Boehner is today. And we, you know, really established our tone of voice and, and how we were going to communicate Boehner. So by the time we got to actually placing that order, that, the fear had passed at that point because we just were so focused on like, and so excited. I think like the, it was it was pure excitement because there we was really that fear did return when we first welcomed the pallets of stock oh, yeah. <laughs> into our storage unit. I don't think you realise <laughs> the volumetric size of an order of towels. Again, I think wow. I just kept comparing ordering towels to ordering dresses. It's got to be the same thing. And then they arrive and you're like, oh, my God, no, they are huge. We had hundreds and hundreds of boxes. And it was just Anna and I. (laughs) And we'll be back in a moment to hear how Anna and Bailey built from hundreds of boxes in a storage unit to stores all over the world. Spark is proud to partner with the Sustainable Business Network and the Climate Action Toolbox. The free Climate Action Toolbox can provide you with simple step-by-step guides to measure and reduce your emissions. Help lead the way to a low-carbon future for New Zealand. Visit sparklab.co.nz forward slash sustainability to find out more. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. And we're back with Anna Fahey and Bailey Meredith of Boehner. So tell us, how did you go? So you're standing there, you're in a, you're in a storage unit with hundreds of boxes of, um, of towels. How do you actually go about building out your first customers uh, and, and growing the brand from there? Well, at this point, um, the towels were arriving in New Zealand and Bailey was living in Auckland and I was still in Melbourne. But as far as getting customers goes, um, it was really important for us to partner 
with the right stores. That has always been our strategy is to have the stream list of stockists and start there and then, you know, move your way through. So for us, our really, um, our dream Australian women's wear designer was Lee Matthews. And um, Bailey and I had really respected who she was and what she'd created in the stores she has. And mm-hmm. for us, we thought she'd be the first person we'd email our lookbook and line check to. And <laughs> well, no, but no, do you remember? Because <laughs> it was actually that I reached out to her on Instagram. You connected with her? Yeah, because we had, um, we'd had a brief conversation like a couple of years back when I first moved to Australia and I'd wanted to work for her when I was still obviously on the fashion journey. But it was, it was a, it was just a simple case of messaging that one like little, very weak wafer connection. Thin. Yeah, wafer thin <laughs> connection. But that was what got us at yeah. least an appointment. Mm. She passed it on to her commercial buyer. Yeah. And he, who had a lot of experience internationally with buying, said, yep, want to meet them. So we flew to Sydney um, and sat down with them, and his reaction to the brand was something I'll never forget. He just had this air of arrogance about him, full stop. That's kind of his personality. Mm. Um, but it was this very quiet, laid-back, slouched in his chair, and he, like, looked over the towels and kind of just quietly was like, so have you got any other stockers? <laughs> and we were like, no, not yet. He's like, have you thought about taking this to the UK? <laughs> not yet, and he was he was uh, he was licking his chops. <laughs> it's probably the best way to kind of summarize it. Totally. Um, so we left that um, really excited, and um, and and from there, other stockists fell in line. I think when you've got that first doorway, which is the hardest doorway to get, then others see your your value as well. Yeah. And, and so that gave us a that gave us the opportunity to then um, target these other beautiful stores that we had hoped would get. And yeah, I think people really adopted us early on, and that was really I think down to the fact that what we were doing was so super different. authentic mm. and different, and there wasn't anyone else doing it, and we weren't looking to anyone else for inspiration. We we knew who we were, and so that's how we were received. Um, and I still have the email on my pinboard three months in from Lee Matthews saying that we were their biggest third-party brand. Um, and yeah, and we were yeah. so special. From, so special. From three months into the BitFit being yeah. ranged. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So really early on, you could see that it was um, it was working. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much like that first, we launched in the October, and that Christmas we sold out of Pool Tales, and, and we sold out most of... Other yeah, quite a few... Of those seven SKUs that we first launched with. And yeah, as Anna said, like it was just a case of like putting it out there, like these are the stores that we want and these are the ones we're going to target and we're not going to compromise on that. You know, as Anna said before, like it's always been about we've tried to go deep with the stockists that we've selected rather than going far and wide. Mm. Um, And I think that's really worked in our favour as well. How do you do that kind of thing? Because that's a great idea, isn't it? If you can build volume through a small pool of relationships rather than be thin over yeah. many stores that may not always be 100% for yeah. brand alignment. Um, how do you go about building out per store? I mean, I had, um, I mean, we've both done wholesale in our past, but 
Um, I had a fantastic boss um, who taught me a lot about relationships and um, having that that relationship that's so interchangeable and um, supportive um, and working together collaboratively to make sure their product mix is right and offering training to the girls in store and making sure they knew and were confident in selling this product that they'd never sold before because mm-hmm. they don't, they, they sell fashion, they don't sell towels. So just really, I guess, working working and being really thoughtful and creative about how you can support your retailers in a way that they just adore working with you. Yeah. Because it's that relationship that will see you through the storms. Yeah. Do you do things like give the shop people towels? Or yeah, yeah, how do you How do you turn them into advocates? Yeah, you do. You That's go. You front place. up. Bailey and I go into those stores. We do the training. We tell them our stories. We learn their names and we give them towels. Yeah. yeah, and they but, love it. Yeah, and they can be. Oh, I love using this at home. Oh, it's great. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's such a great response. Mm. Like I think for us, particularly when you're behind the brand and you're not always customer facing, hearing these girls feed back what they love about your brand is just great. It's so reassuring that you're. I think it's also the educational piece. You know, again, like anything that is tangible information that you can tell somebody that they'll hold on to. So those like short sound bites of like what Boehner is and just, I don't know, it's that, again, it's that human connection and that's a huge part of what Boehner is. It's about connecting with self, obviously, um, within the bathing space. But that that message also transcends across kind of everything that we do, mm. essentially, yeah. which is like, yeah, that human connection, whether it's through the people that follow us on Instagram or the staff that are in the stores that we stock or... Um, everyone was important to yeah. us. Every, that was a decision we verbalised to each other is that every partnership, everyone we connect with, we want to leave this long-standing memory of how they enjoyed interacting with Boehner and that stems through all of our staff as well. Yeah. Tell me about press, as you've had some amazing coverage of, um, you know, being on lists of, like, the coolest new things you could buy and, like, things, you know, like Vogue and all of these fantastic um, outlets. How do you go about, um, yeah, getting on the kind of most coveted lists of fashion editors? I I think it's a combination. So I think we timed our launch into the market well. We released a product into a category or into a... Yeah, it's a category that was pretty quiet. So we weren't fighting a lot of other brands for that space. We, again, like to me, I believe that we released a product and a brand that was authentic and, as Anna said, like different and unique and interesting. So, you know, there was something to catch on to. Um, and then I think working with the right people, I, I think, um, you know, Something like Instagram, a platform like Instagram, is while I have a love-hate relationship with it, I can't fault it for its ability to connect you with whoever it might be. And so if we're talking in this case media and just being able to reach out to someone, again, with a genuine like, hey, this is our product, this is our brand, take a look. Um, We'd love for you to, you know, hear more about it. We're available to talk to you about it. And that direct connection I think is what's really like given us some amazing press press opportunities and just yeah yeah it's kind of nice because it is you know many of especially the 
uh, bath towels are, are quite muted and can work in with lots of things. You're not asking people to take a great big stylistic jump to kind of connect with you either. Hey, it's not, um, you, you, you know, you're, you're, uh, you, you can connect with a lot of people through it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we kind of, that's how we develop our ranges. It's like, who haven't we spoken to yet? Who don't we have? Let's yeah. design for that person, you know, and I think that's what's kind of fun is yeah. being to, yeah, choose, using our design to connect with people. Yeah, like certain, and what are you wanting it to say? You know, like certain things say say certain things about a person or, you know, the bathroom or whatever. And I love what you're saying before about, you know, a moment of connection with self or something. Because mm, mm. you kind of think about some of the well-known um, like Masoni towels mm. or something, and they kind of say, I spent $400 on a bright towel. <laughs> That's kind of what they, they say. They say that. They do. They shout it. <laughs> they kind of say their price tag, you know, <laughs> yeah. in a very loud way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what are you wanting to say in a in, in, in a towel sitting in a, in a um, shared space? Well, I think with Boehner, one of the biggest things that we wanted to create was, again, I come back to, we came from fashion. We know the language of fashion. And for me... The thing that I love most about fashion is that every day I get to create my personality through what I wear. And some days it might be dark and moody and some days it might be light and fresh and whatever. So again, we applied that sort of approach to toweling. So with Boehner, the whole idea behind it is that you mix and match and you select to create your own individual style within your bathroom space and so because ultimately our homes are just an extension of who we are um and our personalities and so for us that's what Boehner says you know it's like if you have Boehner in your home generally it means that you're somebody who is interested or or motivated by aesthetics and who makes conscious decisions um and yeah has fun with with interiors mm. And how have you gone finding that customer and that person around the world? So lots of great retail partnerships around the place. Like, yeah, what scale is Boehner at today? I think it's, um, it, we're in our third year and it's surpassed our expectations beyond. Um, you know, we've got some of our absolute dream retailers internationally, um, all of whom are doing really positively with the brand. Yeah, it's kind of hard to summarise exactly but I think like we were talking about it the other mm. day, we believe we've only just scratched the surface. Mm. Like there is so much to be had within this space um, and within this industry and, yeah, there's growth opportunities for sure. We don't feel that we've hit any sort of peak. It's just what I love is the pace in which we're on this journey. Mm. Um, we don't want to be a flash in the pan we are ultimately working towards becoming a heritage brand. You know, we want Boehner to be synonymous with well-designed, high-quality bath toweling. And so that's a process. And so I think, like, we're just navigating navigating our way through. And Yeah, I think we've kind of cast the net. We've got, we've got these, what did we say, eight countries or what yeah. have you, and now it's about going and creating depth within those markets. We know we've got the traction and the want and the... And, um, and the desire. And the desire in yeah. those places. But now it's about, yeah, putting putting depth and roots down. Yeah. And what would your advice be to people who might see a, a, a gap or might see an industry that they could get in and do something fresh and interesting uh, or might want to start a business with a friend? What would your advice be to them? <laughs> so many things. 
I'd say I'd say know how you're gonna sell your product and how you're gonna scale and grow or produce or whatever it is. I think for Bailey and I, why it's worked is we knew what we were doing to some degree. You know, it wasn't just born out of an idea and then we'll go figure it out. We had experience selling in in this way through wholesale and we had these relationships established from previous experience. Bailey knew how to set up production internationally and ship that to the other side of the world. I think um, knowing what, like, take a look, take stock at what you know and how can you adapt that into something that you could get off the ground yeah. um, successfully? Yeah, and without ceilings, without without mm. limits. Yeah. You know, like you know, you can you can up production. You yeah. can yes. <laughs> you can keep getting better at what yeah. you do with yeah. a, a limited like range. How of, big do you want it to be? Yeah. Think about that. Like we wanted a product that we could really scale and grow, and there is no ceiling for yeah. us. So that's really exciting. But that not, that's not for everyone either. Having a global business is not. For everyone. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I think for me, like, if you're going to start a business, I think it's really important to know that you've actually, like, established your place within market. You can start a business because you saw somebody else start a business and you went, hey, that's a cool idea Mm. or that's a cool product or that's a cool brand. I'm going to go and replicate that. That you've, the longevity, there's no longevity in that, you know, copying somebody else's idea is not going to get you very far. So if you have an idea, you need to make sure that you've got your USP or, you know, your own, your space, your point of difference and how you're going to differentiate yourself from all the other businesses. Because for us, there wasn't a lot in market when we launched, but now they're just popping up everywhere. So you've got to be able to say that what you've created is strong enough to withstand all of those competitors or how busy and how full your pool becomes as you as you go on. And as a final thought, what will success be for you as people and also for Boehner as a brand? I think we probably have a lot of similarities, but there is probably for me personally, you know, I'm a mother and I want to have more babies and I want to be able to have this great business and I want to kind of want it all, you know. So for me, I've always been about finding this balance and that to me is I will feel very successful if I can do both simultaneously. Mm. Um, I think for me it's about, you know, again, so far in this journey it's been about um, setting goals and achieving them and to me that's what success is, is my evolution personally and then obviously for our business. So I think, yeah, for success for me and success for Boehner is just about setting goals and then going out and achieving them. I'm a workaholic. I love working. <laughs> it gives me so, you know, it really fills my cup. And so I'm just constantly looking at ways in which that I can kind of evolve and grow within the, my, my professional career. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming and thank sharing you. the story today and can't wait to see where you take it next. That's Bailey Meredith and Anna Fahey of Bina. Thanks, Simon. Thank you. So thank you to Anna and Bailey, to you for listening, and for everyone who helps make this podcast happen, like our producer, Teihe Butler. Do follow Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to rate and leave a review. And we're actually just a couple off 105 star reviews, if you might like to help with that. Inohora. 
from the Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, te Butler here, Podcast Manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.